all the latest draft news. The Green Bay Packers select Kenny Clark, Ty Montgomery, Demarius Randall. With Greg Matzik, Wayne Larrabee, and Jeff Falconio. The Green Bay Packers select Aaron Rodgers. This is Packers Draft Central. And welcome into the program. Greg Matzik with you on News Radio 620 WTMJ. Joined in the studio by the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Jeff Falconio. Or, I'm sorry, the voice of the Packers is Wayne Larrabee. I didn't bump you off, Wayne. Uh, I'm just getting back from the Bucks. Fourteen of things to come. <laughs> yeah, right. So Wayne Larrabee's in studio with us. Jeff Falconio is in studio. Thirty dollars of Chinese food, which is uh, slightly cooled off. And uh, I got the Singapore noodles over here. You got to keep it light <laughs> on a night like this. Absolutely. And uh, the draft is well underway. Pick number twenty-five has just gone off the board to the Cleveland Browns. And uh, the Cleveland Browns did not start the night with that pick. We'll get to that in a minute. Jabril Peppers, the safety out of Michigan, goes to Cleveland. Who earlier in the night. Uh, executed a trade, and uh, there's been a couple of trades, and we'll get you caught up to date on what has happened here in round number one. And uh, we're also closing in here, Wayne, on the Packers pick at number 29, provided they hang on to it. And it would appear there's there's a lot of good names out there, if you're interested in that. And uh, T.J. Watt, Delvin Cook, who else is on that board that could make sense to the Packers well, you at know, 29. At cornerback, um, certainly Kevin King, the big corner out of Washington, 6'3", runs a 4'4", 3'40". You know, Sidney Jones of Washington is out there, but, you know, again, you've got you know some concerns with injuries on he and Fabian Moreau of UCLA. Quincy uh, Wilson of Florida is still on the board at cornerback. And uh, the edge rushers have been picked over quite a bit, but still, uh, my favorite name, uh, Taco Charlton from Michigan is still there. Um, Tack McKinley of UCLA. Many people have uh, connected him to the Packers. And T.J. Watt, of course, is still up on the board. And, and uh, we'll see what happens in the next three picks. And as you uh, mentioned that, Wayne McKinley just taken by the Atlanta Falcons with uh, their pick. So closing in on the Green Bay Packers, when you look at the best available Jeff, uh, there are some names up here that uh, if you pay attention to the mock draft world, even when the, you get closer to the draft, I, you wonder why Reuben Foster is still on the list and available, and why Dalvin Cook is still on the list and available. Character concern, yeah, part of the reason here? I think that's part of it. It seemed like with Dalvin Cook, his stock had been dropping since the end of the season. Uh, anyway, it's, it's always hard to pinpoint exactly if it's just character issues or if it's something else. I'm actually a little surprised Ryan Ramchak is still on the board uh, out of Wisconsin. I thought either Denver or the Giants uh, would pick him up, but he is still out there. And you know, To Wayne's point, when you look at the defensive side, some of those edge rushers are gone, but T.J. Watt obviously is still there. Um, you know, you still pretty much have your pick here at cornerback. Very deep draft uh, at corner. And I'll throw in another name, Chidobe Awuzia, just because I wanted to say it. Okay? okay, great. All right, well, we got that. Uh, so this draft started with some speculation that the Cleveland Browns at the top would select Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback out of North Carolina. It seemed like all the talk going into the draft is that Miles Garrett would be the pick. And then this morning, a few of the mocks started to shift, and Trubisky was penciled in. Turns out the Browns did take Miles Garrett out of Texas A&M, the defensive end, fine football player. And then, I, you know, I was at the Bucks game during this time, but I, it seemed to be a lot of confusion here. You walk me through, Wayne, why in the world the Bears would trade up one pick, trade several picks to the 49ers to get quarterback Mitchell Trubisky out of North Carolina. Can they afford to trade that many picks? Well, yeah, obviously they can, uh, and they did. Um, but you're right, Greg. This surprised Jeff, you, and I. Yeah. When we're looking at this, and you're trying to figure out, okay, 
they move up one spot in the draft. Um, they're going to give up their number three pick to San Francisco, plus a third round this year, and um, you know a, another third round next year, right? Is that that's yep. the story. So yeah. they've given up a number of picks to move one spot up in the draft. The only thing we could have been th- that might have entered in here, and I, I think Jeff, you uh, offered this scenario, perhaps. Somebody was trying to move into the number two spot to get Trubisky. And the Bears really like him for what they want to do. They kept that very quiet. He didn't figure with them on the, the all, any of the mock drafts I saw. But uh, that was the biggest surprise of the night for me. Yeah, it seems to be a, a pretty big haul for John Lynch, his first draft as GM of the 49ers. He moves down to one spot, still gets the guy they want without question. And picks up a handful of picks in the process. Yeah, yeah. The, the sense was coming in that that uh, Miles Garrett was going to go number one, and San Francisco a true wild card because they had so many needs. I mean, they just need playmakers everywhere. And you've got not only a new GM, but you have a first-time GM. So who knows what he's going to do here? But I, he played it masterfully because yeah. you know, looking at some of the some of the theories on Twitter, doing a little CSI work here, the thinking was that Cleveland was trying to trade up to take the number two spot as well and take Drabuski with that that pick, and so. Maybe Chicago felt impelled to move up, uh, uh, compelled to move up one spot uh, to to prevent Cleveland from getting that quarterback. Maybe that's it, but it certainly seems like I mean, there's no question whether John Lynch was was really bidding up that number two pick or whether he just played the Bears. Chicago gave up a lot for a guy who, by the way, is probably going to sit for his entire rookie season. Yeah, they've got Mike Lennon in a quarterback yeah. as a stopgap, no doubt about that. Trubisky fits the new offense. They're going to put it in Chicago. And Greg, I left out a pick here. The Bears gave up. Uh, not only their pick in the first round to San Francisco to get the Niners' first pick uh, in the first round, but the Bears gave up a third round and a fourth round pick in this year's draft and next year's third round pick. So that's a lot of picks to move up one spot in the draft. That's baffling. And this is why quarterbacks hold the league hostage, right? I mean, they, they more Don't they? The, yeah. it's what it is, right? I mean, it's a shot in the dark here that Trubisky will work out or any of these guys for that matter. And uh, I, they, they went for it. But he's got to pay off, otherwise uh, Ryan Pace may have a short tenure in Chicago. Looking at other teams in the division, the Vikings without a first-round pick, unless they make a trade and come into it, doesn't look like that's going to happen. Part of the Sam Bradford trade from last season. Gerard Davis, the inside linebacker out of Florida, goes to the Detroit Lions. We'll go through some of the other notable selections coming up on the other side. Also, we are closing in on the Green Bay Packers selection at number 29. We'll see what they do with it here. Get Jeff and Wayne's take on what they think the Packers will do. Will they make a move out of the first round? It's certainly possible. Just getting started here on Packers Draft Central, sponsored by Boucher Automotive Group. More after this on WTMJ. Packers Draft Central continues on 620 WTMJ. Welcome back to the show. Greg Matzik, voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. And Jeff Falconio, and uh, we do have a bit of breaking news here. It uh, would appear, Jeff, as if the Packers have traded the 29th pick in this year's draft. Sam Farmer from the uh, L.A. Times has uh, tweeted out the Packers have traded out of their pick to the Cleveland Browns, who, of course, had plenty of ammunition coming into today, and even more with some of the moves they've made so far tonight. So it will take the Packers out of the first round is what we are presuming. Uh, yes, because I don't believe Cleveland had a late first-round pick left. Uh, they do not. That would put them at the top of the second round. So this kind well, of reeks of the uh, Jordy that, Nelson trade. That's what it seems. I don't know back. yet. It, uh, Farmer just saying Cleveland is on the clock, so I'm not sure exactly what the details of the trade are, but you would think it would be the first pick of the second round. Yeah, that, well, that's what Ian Rappaport is, is reporting as well. 
the Browns back in the first round. This will be their third pick of the night in the first round uh, as they trade up to get back in. Um, you know what, guys? i got to tell you, and <laughs> you hate to speculate about something like this, but I had a feeling all along. I, I just thought the Packers, with the 29th pick, if the board fell the right way, why not trade back into the early part of the second round and you're going to get the same caliber of player there that you're going to get sitting at 29 in the first round. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, but I'm looking at a lot of cornerbacks kind of falling, and they could fall well, right to the second round of that first pick it, if that's the deal that, that, if that's the deal that, yeah. that happens. And if you start looking at this from a, a best available standpoint, Jeff, and you have guys like Reuben Foster, you have guys like Forrest Lamp and Dalvin Cook and Kevin King and Ryan Ramchick, right, uh, T.J. Watt, Taco Charlton, Wayne's guy, I, they're all over the place. Even Joe Mixon, who I would not prefer the Packers to draft, but nonetheless, there's a lot of talent left on the board. So you start looking at it and saying, all right, well, well can we move down here, you know, just a few slots and still get our guy? Sure. I mean, it's kind of what happened when Jordy Nelson was picked by the Packers. They traded out of the first round to pick number 36, I believe, mm-hmm. picked up extra picks. We'll forget about that whole Brian Brown situation, but nonetheless, they ended up with Jordy trading out of the first round. You know, when you when you look at some of the positions here that the Packers have of, of real need, cornerback obviously comes to mind, edge rusher, you know, running back, how big of a need is that? Well, you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could get a guy who's got a first-round grade early in the second round, and Wayne and I were talking about this earlier tonight, that I right, had Marshawn Lattimore, who we all felt was going to be a top-ten pick. After that, the next dozen or so cornerback prospects, take your pick. I mean, it's all about who you like, who's going to fit into your system, you know, who do you think is going to be not just the best available player, but best available for your system. And you could go well into the second round and I think still see uh, first-round worthy corners going. Then as we start to see a lot of the defensive players sliding out of the top ten, still a couple of good edge rushers out there at outside linebacker. T.J. Watt is one, Zach Cunningham is another. Uh, even if Dalvin Cook goes here uh, late in the first round, you still have Mixon, as you, uh, as you mentioned, and Alvin Kamara as well. So, I mean, there are plenty of options out here for those need positions early in the second round. I don't think the Packers are really missing much here. Well, and you look at it from the standpoint, Wayne, of this team has a lot of holes, right? And we talked about yeah. the debate. Do you do cornerback? Do you do outside rusher? I mean, how do you handle this? Well, by making this trade, we'll, we'll see what they all brought in in the hall here, but you might be able to address both those positions with a high-quality player not have to wait until the 60s for your second pick. So you're right. Cleveland owned the number one pick in the second round of the draft, number 33 overall. Mm -hmm. One would presume it's not final through our our Twitter feed yet that the Packers at least grab that number 33 selection. Yeah, and it's like I said, you're going to get the same caliber. And I felt this way the whole time. You're going to get the same caliber player at 33, let's say, that you're going to get at 29. Uh, It depends on what position, of course, you're looking at there. But now the Packers have, you would assume, two second-round draft choices, and maybe they pick up a third or a fourth. I mean, it depends on how good a deal Ted worked with Cleveland uh, to get an extra pick in this draft. But Cleveland had a lot of picks. I believe they had 11 picks going into this draft. So they can afford to, you know, flail away, throw these third and second and third-round picks around. They're going to get three in the first round here now. Pete Doherty had uh, just tweeted out that uh, the Packers will get pick number 33. That's the first pick of the second round. And a fourth rounder from Cleveland, pick number 108. All right, so that gives them three picks in the top 100 and a fourth pick at 108. Yeah. So, all right, okay. And I, I'd say that, that, that's pretty reasonable, uh, you know, for, sure. for a high second round pick uh, and for Cleveland getting up into the first round. By the way, I've lost count here, but Cleveland also has, at least as, an, as of an hour ago, two first round picks and three second round picks in next year's draft. 
So they are loading up on the draft picks, and now I think we're going to see a lot of wheeling and dealing with Cleveland throughout the weekend. Yeah, it's a lot of picks to screw up for Cleveland, absolutely. Uh, If you'd like to join us on the program, by the way, have at it. 414-799-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The Packers uh, will execute a trade here with the Cleveland Browns, moving out of pick number 29 in the first round. So Green Bay will not have a first-round selection tonight. They will, at least as of right now, own pick number 33, the first overall pick in the second round of the draft. So that'll be uh, happening about 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Packers will be on the clock at the beginning of draft day number 2. 414-799-1620. If you'd like to join us here, Packers Draft Central, sponsored by Boucher Automotive Group. We're back, and uh, we'll get you up to date on what has happened here, where some of the more notable names in this year's draft have gone. Been a very entertaining and somewhat bizarre first round, as we anticipated. More after this on WTMJ. Packers Draft Central continues on 620 WTMJ. Greg Babsick, joined by the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvie and Jeff Falconio as we cruise through round number one here in the NFL Draft. Packers will not make a selection tonight unless uh, something is up their sleeves here in the near future, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Green Bay trading out of the first round with the Cleveland Browns, who, uh, well, the pick is in. We're not sure who the Browns selected at number 29. The Packers gained a fourth-round pick as part of the trade. They also moved down to pick number 33. So pick number one in the second round, an additional fourth-round pick. That's the trade here uh, the Packers made with the Cleveland Browns. And uh, just going through the draft board here, we'll keep you updated on the picks as they come through. Some of the notable names that have gone off the board, Leonard Fournette, I believe all the mock drafts had Fournette going to Jacksonville with the fourth overall pick. So the first running back comes off the board, talented running back, a little bit beat up, but nonetheless uh, could be a difference maker for Jacksonville out of LSU. First wide receiver to go off the board, seemed a little high to me, Jeff, Corey Davis. I know he had a heck of a year at Western Michigan. It seemed like, I don't want to say it's a reach, I mean, it's a great weapon for Marcus Mariota. I just didn't see him going at yeah, five. Yeah, a very solid pick and uh, fills a huge need for the Titans. But you know, two first-round picks, and Wayne, we were talking about this when it happened, it seemed like they would go cornerback with the first pick, mm-hmm. wide receiver with the second pick. But I guess it ended up working out because we ended up seeing a little bit of a run on wide receivers. The Titans still got their corner a little bit later on in the first round. But I agree, it did seem a little bit high, but a very productive player. And, of course, saw him in the Cotton Bowl. I mean, you know, beforehand and, and during the Cotton Bowl, don't be confused with that Western Michigan label. I mean, that guy can definitely play. Well, and Greg Jennings came out of Western Michigan. Players have come out of Western Michigan have been stars in the NFL. He's a big kid. He runs a four three forty, big-bodied receiver, and, and, yeah, that seems to fit what they wanted down in Tennessee. And they also got their cornerback, Adoree Jackson, out of USC. They picked him up at the 18th pick of the first round. Christian McCaffrey, the running back out of Stanford, Heisman Trophy candidate, uh, goes number eight to the Carolina Panthers. And yeah, perhaps the days of Jonathan Stewart, who had a nice career in Carolina is uh, slowly coming to an end. Well, you know, I, I, we all thought Leonard Fournette would actually fall to Carolina at number eight. Uh, when he didn't, uh, McCaffrey became the guy. Versatile. Uh, you could play him in the slot. You could move him in motion out of the backfield. Excellent uh, prospect. I think, though, he's more... Uh, Fournette is a guy as a three-down back. I'm not sure about McCaffrey. I think he's more a guy you could use more like a, as a gadget-type player. Deshaun Watson goes to the Houston Texans at pick number 12. Now, there's no question, Jeff, that Houston was in desperate need of a quarterback. They trade up. They see Watson still on the board here. 
but what does this do for them in the short term? Well, that was a big trade up uh, for the Texans, and you know, obviously this this is the guy that they wanted. Bill O'Brien has you know he's worked with quarterbacks in the past, and when you think about the talent that the Texans have at running back and at wide receiver as well, it seems like Watson is in pretty good hands now with all of these quarterbacks. Uh, that we've seen going here tonight, I, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of risk that certainly comes with, with any quarterback and, and with any prospect. But this class specifically, it seemed like there wasn't really a can't-miss guy among the group. And for Watson, definitely the most athletic, but doesn't really have the frame as an NFL quarterback. You know, and how well can he be as staying as a, a pure pocket passer? Uh you know, I think there's going to be a little bit of a transition there, but there's no question the Texans need to have a quarterback, but I think he's in pretty good hands. Well, and you know, Houston gives up the 25th pick uh, in the first round to Cleveland uh, and a first-round pick next year, so they pay a pretty stiff price here, and this Watson kid is going to have to start. Now, from all we've heard, and, and we've seen him on the national stage, he's been under the bright lights, he's been in the biggest of games, uh, but he's going to have to play earlier, perhaps, than any other quarterback in this draft. Five cornerbacks have been selected so far in the first round, but as we mentioned, uh, Wayne, it's a very talented group. Marshawn Lattimore is the first one off the board out of Ohio State. He goes to New Orleans at number 11, and that seems to be a logical fit. I think the Saints were number 31 in the league in pass defense last season. Marlon Humphrey out of Alabama goes number 16 to the Ravens. Adoree Jackson, uh, one of the best returners you will ever see. Talented cornerback, a little bit on the small side out of Southern Cal. He goes number 18 to the Tennessee Titans. And he also had Gary and Conley from Ohio State go. So big shock, Ohio State and Alabama have defensive backs selected in the first round, right? Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> who would have thought that? I mean, yeah, the, and the thing about the Alabama kids um, was, and this was kind of interesting, they didn't start coming off the board until this draft was well underway. Uh, you know, Humphrey went 16 to Baltimore. Right after him, Jonathan Allen, defensive tackle, goes to Washington from Alabama. And then uh, then the run began, and two picks, picks later, O.J. Howard, the tight end from Alabama, goes to Tampa Bay. So, um, you know, certainly the Alabama flavor we expected in the first round. Maybe some of those picks a little bit later than we expected. In terms of linebacker, Jeff, uh, I did see that uh, Takaris McKinley off the board, number 26, some people thought he could be on the board there for the Packers to take, but it still seems like a, a pretty deep class here, and the Packers may have some options at the edge rush position. Should that be the direction? Yeah, to go. and I guess we'll we'll see how these final three picks um, pan out here. As you know, I, I think all three of these teams, you know, could probably use an edge rusher here as we close out the first round. But um, you know, there's still a couple of intriguing names uh, out there at that position. Um, you know, it's, it's again, how much do you look at that defense? You know, what's the biggest priority? How much more mileage can you get out of Clay Matthews? Uh, you know, how much more elite player are you going to get uh, out of him? And, you know, despite some of the moves in the offseason, there's no question replenishing that depth in the secondary is big. But, again, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, there's, there's a lot of cornerbacks that are still out there that you can get early second round. And then, heck, you can get even, you know, middle of the second round that can definitely be an impact player. Pittsburgh, Seattle, and New Orleans occupy the final three slots here in the first round. We'll keep you updated on who they select. We'll also look ahead to the best available. Who will the Packers go with with pick number 33? Of course, that'll be in round two tomorrow night. Packers Draft Central continues on 620 WTMJ. Welcome back to the program. Greg Matzik with the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, Jeff Falconio joining us in studio as uh, we continue. We're nearing the end of round one. And uh, the pick is in for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it looks like the 49ers have made another trade. 
And the New Orleans Saints will round out the first round. Jeff, what do we have here? It appears T.J. Watt is headed to Pittsburgh uh, with pick number 30. Well, the man himself tweeted that out, so we'll take it right from the source. Yes. And uh, the 49ers, uh, interesting here that they trade back up into the first round. So they have done a lot of wheeling and dealing. Of course, this all goes back to the start of the night when they picked up four picks from Chicago. Now, Wayne, there's going to be a lot of Packers fans frustrated that T.J. Watt goes off the board here with pick number 30, and the Packers, yeah, they held on to that pick at number 29, would have had an opportunity to draft him. What do you feel about the decision not only to trade, but uh, to not select a guy who would help cure a need on your defense? Well, I I think the Packers feel they can probably fill that need. Uh, They've got the 33rd pick in the draft in the second round, obviously, a first pick of the second round, the 61st pick, uh, in the second round, and the 93rd pick in the third round. So they have three picks coming up tomorrow night, depending on whether they keep those picks or not. They have six selections coming up on Saturday. And so, um, I, to me, I, I think they're going to get the same kind of quality player. It depends on what position they like the best with the first pick in the second round. They're going to have the same caliber player they would have gotten by staying at uh, 29. Well, in the Journal Sentinel, Packers beat writer Bob McGinn had Kevin King, the cornerback out of Washington, going to the Packers in his mock draft. Jeff, he is still on the board. He's a 6'3", 200-pound cornerback. Uh, that is rare size for a corner, and he also runs in the 4'4s. Four Those yes. guys usually don't last beyond the first round. I'd be surprised if he did, uh, even well, with, with just two picks to go. But, boy, I tell you what, if he did last, <laughs> that would be Here's a the thing. So uh, the 49ers are on the clock here, and it looks like they traded up to take Reuben Foster, the inside linebacker from Alabama. That brings you to New Orleans at number 32. But remember, they need help there. But the Saints took their, their first, took first uh, round yeah. on, uh, on Lattimore. So I don't know that they would take a second corner here, um, maybe. But you're right. You know, Kevin King is a guy that has... Um, kind of those the physical skill set is there. He's also a very versatile player. We know Ted Thompson loves those versatile players, so I think he's taken a little bit of a calculated gamble uh, here that King will be available. And again, it's uh, you know some of these guys that we're going to see go in the second round at the cornerback position are, are first round talented guys. I think there, there's that tendency that people have to to really put a lot of emphasis on the first round pick, not recognizing the fact that. I mean, look, number 33, obviously it's still a top 50 pick. I mean, right. it's a guy that more often than not is just, you know, as good as, as the guys that you see going at the end of the first round, and you get a, an additional fourth round of the first pick of the fourth round to boot. That gives Ted Thompson a lot of opportunity to move up or down uh, on Saturday as well. So um, I guess, you know, New Orleans is the wild card here, but I would be a little bit surprised if they go corner back-to-back picks. Absolutely. We'll see what the 49ers do, but um, New Orleans, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Jeff. Um, they're probably not going to go cornerback with that particular pick. Yeah, King's available. Um, this is a very deep draft at cornerback. You're going to get first-round caliber players in the second round at cornerback, at running back, um, your tight end. These are the deep positions in this draft, and there are even some pass rushers who would not be a reach in the second round, even early second round in this draft. Hey, doesn't it just feel like Dalvin Cook's going to New Orleans? I mean, wouldn't that be the perfect player in that offense? It seems that way. Uh, it, kind of interesting because you know wide receiver was was a need for them with, with the the trade that they made with the New England and giving away Brandon Cooks all of a sudden wide receiver which has not been a need forever uh, in New Orleans suddenly looked like it was a need but I think what's interesting is is 
watching a little bit of a trend here in this first round is, is some of these teams taking a running back when maybe it's not the biggest need, but you get the sense they do it to take a little bit of that pressure off of the quarterback. And you look at Carolina taking McCaffrey. You know, Cam Newton, I think, is, is going to be so much better when he's got a reliable running game behind him. That could be the same thing with Blake Bortles. Maybe that's the case with Drew Brees as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I know they have Adrian Peterson. They have Mark Ingram. They've got uh, a rotation of guys that they use near the but goal line. But how much, though, I mean, can, can you count on Adrian Peterson? Exactly. You know, and, I, and I think that's the thing. And, of course, obviously, you're, you're, you'd definitely be looking ahead to uh, beyond 2017 you know, if they take Cook. Wasn't that a curious signing? You know, even if he's just going to be a stopgap or he's signed a two-year deal. But here's an offense that is pass-first and, for the most part, pass-only. And now you've got Adrian Peterson in there. He's not a real good receiver out of the backfield. Well, and that's the thing is they they always seem to you know require their running backs to catch out yeah. of the backfield, which has never been a forte for AP. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you'd like to join us here on Packers Draft Central, sponsored by Boucher Automotive Group. T.J. Watt goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, this seems like a, a, a just on the surface here, Wayne, a great fit, right? A defensive-minded franchise over mm-hmm. the years, a guy who is an ascending player, who, uh, as we talked about yesterday on the roundtable with Dennis Krause, well, it looks like he can add some weight to his frame, and he's he's a hands player. His helmet rarely touches yeah. the opposing player. Like a lot about T.J. Watt, uh, especially the upside aspect of him. You know, he's only played the position one year. Uh, he's going to get into a good system, a good defensive system. They've built up that linebacking core. Pittsburgh's back. Uh, now they're back on offense, and I think the key for them will be in go- moving forward and challenging the Patriots uh, in the AFC will be building that defense, and T.J. Watt can be a big part of it. We'll come back with more after this and round out what has happened in the first round with the final two selections. You're listening to Packers Draft Central on 620 WTMJ. Welcome back to the program at Packers Draft Central on WTMJ. I'm Greg Matzik, joined by the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee and Jeff Falconio. And the pick is in. Uh, well, the picks are in. Uh, we are nearly out of the first round here. Ruben Foster, inside linebacker from Alabama. Uh, this is a guy that thought to go in the top ten. Some character issues revealed recently. He ends up falling to number 31. And it looks like the New Orleans Saints round out the first round, taking another Wisconsin product, Ryan Ramchick. Uh, the offensive tackle from the Badgers goes to New Orleans with pick number 32. So, the Green Bay Packers are on the clock, Jeff, but it's going to be several hours before they actually make their pick. They uh, will have the first pick in tomorrow's draft uh, continuation, round two, with pick number 33 overall. 6 p.m. Uh, tomorrow, and, and so... Uh, for all of the the posturing and the chattering and the, and the mock drafting, Dalvin King does or uh, Dalvin Cook doesn't go in the first round. Kevin King uh, doesn't go in the first round as well. Forrest Lamp, another guy that uh, was a tackle from Western Kentucky, projects as a guard uh, in the NFL. Obviously, of course, the Packers made a move this week to shore up their offensive line, but you could always use some depth. That was a name that had been connected to the Packers for a lot of uh, the mock drafts that we saw coming in. And there's still uh, an edge outside guy in Zach Cunningham as well. So there's still a lot of pretty good players out there and a lot of options for Ted Thompson to uh, start with tomorrow night. You should point out that potential fits for the Packers in T.J. Watt, the outside linebacker out of Wisconsin, and Reuben Foster, the inside linebacker out of Alabama, both taken off the board after Green Bay traded out of the first round, moving down from 29 to 33. Let's uh, grab a phone call here on the program. It's Rich in Kenosha joining us. Rich, you're on Packers Draft Central. Hey, guys, did, did you seem surprised that the Packers moved out of the first round? I, I, I wasn't. 
And I don't see any need uh, to, to be concerned because, look, it's April. We, we won't really know um, about the character or even the 53-man roster, you know, until, you know, the end of training camp and, and preseason to know about the team going forward. I feel good about the team. I like uh, some of the surprising moves that Thompson has made, uh, especially here in the free agency. I think getting uh, Jari Evans um, is, is, is a steal, in, in my opinion, because, you know, he, he's an 11-year, six-time Pro Bowler. I, I would have loved to have seen T.J. Lane come back. But, guys, you, 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 you have to know that there was a reason, you know, for the, the Packers, you know, perhaps not aggressively looking to re-sign him you know, due to his, you know, in injuries that, that, that he sustained here. So I, I just want your insight as to who you see the Packers taking here uh, tomorrow. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, appreciate the uh, phone call, Rich. And this will be interesting. I mean, we're looking at the, the best available here, Wayne. And, you know, Jeff mentioned Forrest Lamp. He's a, an offensive guard, a projected as an offensive guard uh, from Western Kentucky. Dalvin Cook, uh, running back out of Florida State. You've got Cam Robinson, an offensive tackle from Alabama. My gut feeling is, and quite frankly, I'd be very disappointed if the Packers did not address either the cornerback position or the outside linebacker position with pick number 33. I think they are way deficient in the cornerback and that secondary. Uh, I, I don't believe in, in, in what Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins have, and I think they need to address the position sooner than later. I've, uh, I've got eight uh, edge rushers off uh, the board. Let's check Here's, in with okay, Ed Tommy. Uh, just hit the podium here. We'll talk about the trade. Some things fell. What we felt, what we felt like was advantageous to us, especially over for the next couple of days, and uh, we didn't have to actually give up a whole lot to get a couple of breaks. So that's kind of where we are. Uh, like I said, I, we feel good where we are, but we didn't we didn't uh, draft anybody. So we'll see about that tomorrow. We have um, something that's. Kind of unusual. We have uh, the first pick tomorrow, and I think the first pick on Saturday. I think. Check me if I'm wrong. See, I knew I was right. Yeah. For now, anyway. Yeah, for now. So, who are you picking tomorrow, then? Since you got the first choice, might as well just tell us now, right? Good point. You know what? If I was smart, I would have come down here with the answer. I don't have that answer. Sorry. I mean, honestly, though, I mean, you know, obviously you're not going to tell us, but do you, do you feel like right now that you're ready to go with it? Again, you don't have to tell us who it is, but do you feel like right now you know who you're taking? I don't know. Well, uh, no, there were lots of things going on right there at the very end. Um, so I would like to, to look at that board a little bit more right now. We felt the reason we were doing some of that trading was we felt like the board was strong enough to absorb it, and uh, I think it did, and uh, we're looking forward to picking them all. So I don't think it's just one name that we would consider. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did you come to that realization that the board was this deep, last two, three, and four, that you might have considered doing this well before tonight just to get yourself in position? No. Uh, normally, the training that I've done, in this regard, uh, over the years, has been on the the day of the the swap. You know, it wasn't three days before, and I I, I, I don't look into the future that well 
when it comes to that. But you could tell tonight that the board was, was pretty strong there at the end, and we felt good about where we are. And we were fortunate to have a team or two that was interested in, in doing something with us. You got to have a dancer to dance. Was it important, Ted, or how important was it to get the first pick going in, in tomorrow's? Well, I, I think it's, I think it's very, very good uh, strategy-wise. You know, it, it uh, we know what we're where we're at and, and what we're going to do. Um, there's a couple of different ways of looking at it, as in terms of being helpful to us. It could be that um, we we highlight a player that we know we can get and they can't take them away from us, so we sit there and pick them. It could be that a team sees an opportunity to maybe trade up and uh, get a player they didn't think they could get, and maybe it's an advent, uh, again, a trade that, that works well for us. So there's a couple of different ways to look at it. And how much consideration did you give, because you know you're going to hear about this, to T.J. Watt, who then went one pick later? Uh, great player. Uh, other than that, if he went to Wisconsin, I wouldn't say anything at all, because I don't talk about players on other teams. But uh, good for him. When you make a deal like that, do you have any idea what the teams behind you are going to do, or do you have no idea what they're going to do between end of the first and then when you pick tomorrow? You normally have, so we have, you know, all of our, all the other teams in the league do the same thing we do, which is uh, try to canvas your needs, try to figure out exactly what you're looking for in the draft and that sort of thing. If you're if you're looking for to be heavy in the offensive line or or what have you, but other than that, no. In that run, what surprised you about the round, or what intrigued you about the round in itself? Um, I thought they were. Um, let me see how I want to put that. And not, say too much. Uh, I, I just thought it, it flowed pretty good. You know, it, it seemed like it took forever and it was only one round, but, um, you know, there were, there were still players um, towards the end of the day, and uh, that always surprises you a little bit. Did anything happen right in front of you that made you more inclined to move back, or not right in front of you, but shortly before you get No, our guys were, were doing a lot of work uh, trying to see where, you know, if there was a team that, that might want to go in partnership with us and somebody move up, somebody move back. There's, there's that constant talk all the time, and it just so happened that we had a team or two that, that that said, yeah, we, we might want to play that game. Two more, please. You know, Ted, you did this in 08 when you were at 30 and you went back and you were able to get Jordy. How, you know, you're moving back, what, four spots here? How many, how many guys do you have to have that you like to be willing to make a move like this? Do you have to have at least four? Do you have more than four? That, or is there one guy that's 
I, I think it just depends on kind of where you are. In, in this particular instance, when you're in the first round, you know, you're kind of uh, zeroing in on a, a couple of three or four guys. But like I said, the board held up pretty strong. And um, so, yeah, it, it, we felt pretty good about it. How many times will you change your mind overnight when you're going to pick first tomorrow? I don't know if I'm going to be that into it or not. I hope I get some sleep. But, yeah, we, we, we will all be the, that. You know, everybody uh, all around the country will be studying the boards and seeing what they could do or what they could do better, and, and uh, we'll be doing the same thing. Packers GM Ted Thompson will come back and uh, talk about some of the things Ted discussed, including uh, some interesting comments about how we handle the T.J. Watt question. It's after this on Packers Draft Central. Wrapping up our number one of Packers Draft Central, Greg Matzik, voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, and Jeff Falconio. Round one is complete. The Packers did not make a selection. They traded down from number 29 to pick number 33. They will own pick number one in the second round. That'll get underway tomorrow evening about 6 o'clock. We'll go through the draft board. Who is left? Some of the best available players coming up after the news. Uh, you should point out, I mentioned this uh, very quickly before Ted Thompson took the podium, but Ryan Ramchick gets into the first round here. The offensive tackle out of Wisconsin goes to the New Orleans Saints with pick number 32. Uh, it was thought that Ramchick would go maybe a little earlier than he actually did, and uh, we were wondering maybe if T.J. Watt would somehow squeak out of the first round and into the second. Well, both end up being first-round selections, separated only by inside linebacker Reuben Foster. So Watt goes number 30 to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Ramchick goes number 32 to the New Orleans Saints. A very interesting move, though, for the Packers. They had an opportunity to draft Foster, and T.J. Watt instead decided to trade down from 29 to 33. We'll go through the draft board. Best available players. Who are they? Who could be coming to Green Bay in a short time? We'll do it after the news, which is next on WTMJ. All the latest draft news. The Green Bay Packers select Kenny Clark, Ty Montgomery, Demarius Randall. With Greg Metzik, Wayne Larravee, and Jeff Falconio. The Green Bay Packers select Aaron Rodgers. This is Packers Draft Central. Well, round one of the draft is in the books. Let the reaction begin. The Packers choosing not to make a selection on night number one, instead moving down from 29 to 33, executing a trade with the Cleveland Browns. Packers now own four picks in the top 108, beginning with number 33, pick number one in round number two tomorrow night. Welcome back to Packers Draft Central. Greg Matzik, voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee. And Jeff Falconio uh, joining us. If you'd like to chime in on the program, still have an hour left to do so. 414-799-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text line. So the way it shapes up here, Jeff, moving forward for the Packers, they have two picks in tomorrow's second round. They have a third-round pick. And because of the trade with Cleveland, they have two fourth-round picks, including the first pick in the fourth round. So... Uh, a lot of time to stew on this one to try and figure out who the Packers are going to go with at number 33. But as we mentioned before the break, 
though some talent came off the board late in that first round, there's still a, a pretty sizable group here for the Packers to pick from. Yeah, no question about it. They get the first pick tomorrow. They get the first pick on Saturday um, as well. I thought it was interesting that, you know, if you came into this draft, you said cornerback is probably the biggest positional need for this team. Of the last eight picks uh, in the first round, only one was a cornerback. To kind of give you an idea of just how much talent is still out there uh, at that position, provided, of course, they stay at number 33. You know, Ted Thompson very much an open book, of course, letting everybody know his plan for tomorrow. But, um... Yeah, I, I think you know, T.J. Watt, you know, I, I think definitely fills a need, and I know a lot of people around here were very excited about the possibility of him going to Green Bay, but uh, I, I think, you know, how much do they feel, again, that they can get out of Clay Matthews? Maybe they don't feel getting an edge guy is as important as everybody else did, uh, but you have to believe that, that, you know, if you're not going to address pass rushers, you most certainly have to address that cornerback position. Yeah, I mean, it has to be one or the other, in my opinion, Wayne. And we talked yesterday about this. I thought it was really critical for the Packers to find somebody who could get to the quarterback. If you want to be flexible with Clay Matthews and you want to take some of the pressure off that secondary, I don't think you're going to be able to solve all those issues overnight with one draft pick. So uh, find guys who can knock the quarterback down. And if that guy's there in the first round, you got to go after him. In a draft where this is deep in edge rushers and cornerbacks, eight edge rushers were selected in the first round of the draft. Five cornerbacks were taken. So you would believe that there would be a little bit more uh, talent, uh, higher-rated players at cornerback like a Quincy Wilson of Florida, um, you know, and uh, Kevin King from Washington who kind of shot up the draft boards late. Uh, Chidobe Awuzi. Chidobe Owuzi. Jeff was very fluid. Yeah, very fluid on that one out of Colorado. Uh, He's another guy who's still out there. And, and, you know, again, good size, 5'11 and 7'8. So uh, the thing I like about Kevin King, and I, you know, Bob McGinn wrote about it today uh, in the newspaper, is he's big and he can run. You know, he's 6'3 and he runs a 4'4'40. That's that's real good. Then why is he still available? I don't know. That's a good I mean, question. That just seems like rare size and rare speed for that size. Yeah, I mean, people have him. I'm looking at Pro Football Weekly. They've got him going in the second round. I'm looking at another uh, Anthlon uh, Sports. Uh, they've got him in the fourth round. But I can tell you what, the talk was late first round for this kid, and I think he's really a first-round ability player. It depends on, you know, and again, the other thing is we say, well, who's Ted going to take with his pick? Well, you know, the thing we don't know is how they feel, really feel, about the people they have on the roster. Number two, do the players, I mean, I'm, I'm all over this Kevin King kid, but maybe he doesn't fit what they want in a cornerback. Maybe he doesn't fit their system uh, quite as well as somebody else they might take. Uh, so there are a number of ways that teams go, and that doesn't make anybody wrong. It, it might surprise us in the media, but then again, you know, we're on the outside looking in, and we don't have the inside information they have on these draft picks. So fair or unfair, Jeff, we are going to look at this pick, and fans will do the same thing. We'll look at the pick, and, and we will compare him to whatever happens with T.J. With Watt, right? Because you had the chance to take the homegrown kid, uh, homegrown kid, and it wasn't just, you know, dot-connecting, feel-good story. I think he's going to be a good football player in the NFL and is on the right trajectory, right? So... I, I know that's kind of a tough pill for, for fans to swallow here. Did the Packers miss out on that well, opportunity? You know, they might have. And, and, of course, so much of it, too, is where you end up. And a name that Wayne and I were talking about a lot earlier, Dak Prescott. You know, there, there's so much focus on Goff and Wentz last year going one and two that Prescott ended up being the best quarterback out of that group. But yeah. think about 
the situation he landed in. Best offensive line in the NFL, and then you get a tremendous running game with Ezekiel Elliott, and of course you got great wide receivers as well. So, you know, you could have a guy that go goes day three and be very successful. If Dak Prescott had gone to Philadelphia, if he had gone to the L.A. Rams, he wouldn't have nearly have been successful. So, you know, T.J. Watt goes into a 3-4 system. I think he's a great fit. And I agree, yeah. I mean, aside from the fact that, that he is a high-production guy, I mean, certainly all signs, you know, is, I mean, bear in mind this pick is like an hour old, so who knows. But all signs certainly point to him being a, a very productive and, and a lot of potential uh, in Pittsburgh. And so a lot of people might look and say, yeah, that was absolutely a miss, but you just you never know how these things pan out. You never know one guy in one system, how he performs. Would it be the same if he performed in another system? Yeah. And, and, you know, but th- that, that's part of it. You just you never know. That's the hard part for us to comment on and, and make uh, picks on. And, and, you know, it's why free agency doesn't really work in the league because when you think a player would fit a system, but he really doesn't. Maybe for the Packers they decided, well, you know, T.J. Watt's a nice player, but maybe he doesn't quite fit what they're looking for at, at, at a, as an edge rusher. You know, and you have to understand on T.J. Watt now, uh, we love his brother and all that, and we love the Wisconsin kid in connection. A lot of this is on the come with this kid. He's played one year at that position, 12 games, right, or thereabouts, at that position. So we don't know what this kid is going to be. We think his ceiling's real high, but we really don't know what it is because he's not there yet. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how, it, how long it takes him because if he does not pan out in the NFL, it's not going to be because of lack of effort. You know what no, I mean? Oh, no. and, and that's what you love about him. You don't have to worry about character issues and mm-hmm. what's it going to do with a million-dollar contract. You have no worries whatsoever. And the intangibles are all there. They're off the charts. And, and you can't say that about some of the last several picks that Ted has had, including guys like Dayton Jones. So I, it's all a crapshoot, right? I mean, what, 55%? of guys drafted become, I'm not even talking about pro bowlers here, but become starters in the NFL. So it's it's always a coin flip here. Uh, but this is going to be one that, that Packers fans will follow, and they'll talk about it. And, and it's just kind of the nature of the beast, because it did seem like he could be a, a pretty good fit. But obviously, Ted's got a plan here, and the board fell a way that allowed him to draft or trade down in the draft and uh, still feel like he's got a good stable of talent to choose from. And Greg, a caller asked earlier if we were surprised. He said he wasn't surprised. I'm not surprised they traded out of this pick because, I, I it's, it's again, as I looked at this draft, I thought more and more, you know, if you can get into the top of the second round, you save yourself that first round uh, selection, you can pick up an extra pick or so, and you're going to get the same caliber player and that 33rd pick here as you would on 29. You know, I remember in 2008 when the Packers traded out of the first round. They selected Jordy Nelson. I remember watching the draft at a friend's house, Jeff, and, and we were kind of paging through our books. It was like, what, who, what, who did they just draft? <laughs> I, they don't need a wide receiver. It yeah. just didn't make a lot of sense. It seemed like a kind of a gluttonous sort of pick. And then we were all fired up. They drafted Brian Brom, right? It just... You never know what's going to happen, how things are going to pan out. A guy out. Who, who we thought, had he gone out in 2007, uh, would have been the overall number one pick, Brian Brom. Could have been. Yeah, Nelson. right. Um, yeah, Wayne, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, you know, We were at the Lambeau Field atrium in 2005. The name Aaron Rodgers yeah. was called Booze uh, throughout the atrium. There was a smattering of Booze in 2008 as well when Ted Thompson dared to trade down. Uh, out of the uh, out of the first round as well, but hey, by the way, two pretty good picks, right? So you know, sometimes he knows what he's doing. Sometimes uh, you know he, he has his misses, but um, you know, we don't know what the board looks like, so it's hard to say. But it certainly felt like T.J. Watt w- would be a good spot for him. But if you again, if you're looking at cornerback, a lot of guys there. If you're looking at yep. running back, 
think Dalvin Cook is still there. Sure. Dalvin Kamara is still there. Joe Mixon is still there. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of ways that you could go here with, with pick number 33 and I think still get a guy that can have an impact right away week one. You know, you know, all these teams uh, have bullpens. Uh, they have all, you know, they've got a pick coming up, and they have all these guys that if they're there, they would consider them one, you know, one thing or another. The, the bear, I would imagine right now the Packers have a pretty big bullpen of prospects. I mean, you could have Kevin King in there, cornerback, Quincy Wilson, a cornerback out of Florida, Ryan Anderson, a rush, uh, outside rusher, same with Demarcus Walker, you got Jordan Willis, Tyus Bowser has been tied to the Packers. If you want to go inside linebacker, Zach Cunningham is still there. If you want the offensive guard position, all right, Jari Evans is an insurance policy. We all know that. Um, but Forrest Lamp, plug-and-play offensive guard. You know, a week ago we were talking about this. Hey, if you, they want to replace T.J. Lang, there's a plug-and-play guy right now in Forrest Lamp. Stick him in. He's still there. Dan Feeney, a lot of people like him even better than Lamp at guard. He's played guard in college. So there's a, there are a lot of good players still on the board here with the Packers coming up with the first pick of the second round. Got some phone calls to get to on the other side. I also want to dive into Dalvin Cook a little bit more. This is kind of an interesting one. We'll talk about it after this on Packers Draft Central. Grass Central continues on WTMJ, sponsored by Boucher Automotive Group, Greg Matzik, Wayne Larrabee, and Jeff Falconio. Let's get to your phone calls here, 414-799-1620, the Akinet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We go down to Rick in Chicago. Hey, Rick, welcome to the show. Hey, guys, enjoy your show. Uh, I just want to comment briefly. Uh, personally, I would have liked to see T.J. Watt. I thought he would have been a great fit. And as a Badger fan, I think it would have been a great situation. I think the best person on the board is uh, Dalvin Cook. I know we stress defense. We, a lot of people want to stress defense. But I think uh, Dalvin Cook would have the, an immediate impact on the team. Uh, I think he, that would be a dynamite pick. And I think if you pick a quarterback, aren't you kind of admitting that the recent two quarterback picks were failures? I don't know if I'd go that far to say that if they picked a cornerback in this draft that, uh, that there are two picks from two years ago were are failures. No, and I, I'm not buying that at all. I, I, I both uh, Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins got banged up last year. Randall was, even before injury, was wildly inconsistent. He was an all-world shutdown corner week one, and he was burnt toast week two in Minnesota. You know, that's the kind of year he had. He was a second-year player. Then he got dinged up um, and tried to play through injury, and it was tough. Um, I, I think that the true story we'll find on Rollins and Randall, we'll find out exactly what they are as players on this level this year. But that would not preclude me from taking a cornerback, especially if I got a guy out there like King who runs about a four four forty, because those guys don't run that fast. And Delvin Cook is an interesting guy here, Jeff, and I, and I know you've watched a lot of college football, and and I mean he can do some things. Uh, he can yeah. really do some things on the field. But I also look at it from the standpoint of. You know, fumbles and arrests, it's not a good combination, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, am, I, am I saying that wrong? I mean, that, that's, no, what, that's, that's right. That's like the first thing that comes to my mind, electrifying, but oh boy, what are you getting here? It's all about security, right? It, right. In, in, in many forms. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I guess I'm less concerned with his off-field issues, because some of those go way back. They do. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, as, as, a, as, a, as a runner, um, you know, he's very productive. And, and I always find it interesting that, you know, this is the same guy that we saw in the Orange Bowl, when was it, December 30th, whenever it was, and it seemed like from then till now, 
his stock has really slipped. And I think a lot of that is, is sometimes just the whole process of overanalyzing and starting to look at the flaws and looking at reasons not to pick a guy, uh, why, why a guy is not a first-round talent, when I think if you just watch Florida State play, watch their games from last year, you're going to see a very talented running back. What I find interesting about that whole position, though, is just how much of a need uh, is running back because you've got Ty Montgomery in place, Kristen Michaels coming back. But here's the thing. You know, Montgomery, and I look back at this, had only one game in which he had more than 12 carries. Uh, I think what the Packers need more than anything else is a guy who can carry the ball 20 times a game. Does, will not necessarily do it 20 times a game, but just, you know, have that threat. And when the Packers' offense really clicked late in the season, that threat of running the ball with Montgomery and Michael was back. And again, we, we go back and look at how, how some of the teams went through their business here in the first round tonight. Teams like Carolina. Jacksonville, they want to take a little bit of pressure off of their quarterback by having some semblance of a running game. So I do think, despite what we saw at the end of last year, running back is still a position the Packers can look at. And as far as cornerback goes, and, and you know, is it giving up on Randall and Rollins? Absolutely not. I mean, you know, year three is a big year. Yeah. Ask Devontae Adams, right? These guys can bounce back. But what we learned last year is you can never have enough cornerbacks, you know, especially, you know, when you look at, at just some of the teams the Packers are going to be facing this year, you know, just within the division. Well, you're facing Matthew Stafford twice a year. He keeps getting better. Even without Calvin Johnson, you have to be able to defend the pass. You, you know, Jeff, you bring up such a great point. Coming out of training camp last year, what do we all think? We, we all thought the Packers were flush and deep with cornerback talent. Okay, first half at Jacksonville, the opener, Sam Shields goes down, and the house of cards starts falling. By the fifth game of the season, the Packers are injured beyond recognition at cornerback. Uh, Randall is out. Rollins is out. Now, uh, you know, you've got <laughs> Ladarius Gunter's your number one guy, and he was the only guy week in, week out who showed up every week to play. And, you know, it just, yeah. You can't have enough quarterbacks, kind of like pitching in baseball. And even the end of the year, you got a guy like Herb Waters on the roster who was a wide receiver in camp. A lot of speed there. I, you Definitely. Know, and I think what, what we learned here, and, and, and this it maybe affected Devontae Adams in year number two, when you go from number three to being the guy because of an injury, I mean, that, that's a tough animal, right? That, that mm-hmm. is a, a steep climb. So for Demarius Randall, all of a sudden be your number one, as his I, he wasn't ready for that, right? Just, I mean, no, he was not ready. Uh, and then he got maybe, injured. And maybe not help. physically, and, and maybe he's not a number one. I, I don't think he has the s- speed to be a shutdown number one cornerback, true shutdown number one cornerback. He's fast. He, he, uh, he has playmaking ability, but does he have Sam Shields-type speed? No. Uh, do you need that kind of speed to be a shutdown corner? No, because Richard Sherman's a shutdown corner. He runs a four six forty. But you know, Demarius Randall, you're exactly right, Greg. Not ready physically with all the injuries, and not ready mentally for that. And who would be uh, just his second year? So I'm really, you know, I, I want to. This is the year for those two kids. They were drafted in the first and second round, and I think we need to give them a chance in this third year. But no, that should not preclude the Packers from drafting another cornerback. They darn well need one, whether those two kids pan out or not. I, I think it's a, a must. I mean, I, if it's not outside linebacker, to me, I, I think it's a must to get a corner. I, I think you can find your running back later in that second oh, round. Oh, sure. And, and, you know, you can get good running backs in the fourth round. I mean, Absolutely. Look, yeah. where, where did uh, the Howard kid from Indiana go to the Bears? He's fourth round. Fifth pick. Yeah. yeah. Hey, look, I mean, at the, you look at the top ten rushers. Last year, only one was selected in the first round. That was Elliott. Zeke Elliott. Yeah. Right, there's a lot of fifth-rounders on, on that list. So. The only thing I would say, Greg, and I started to say this before we went to Ted, um, eight edge rushers have been picked. 
Uh, now, there are still some good rush, edge rushers out there, you know, but uh, that position has been picked over more so than cornerback, where five cornerbacks have gone in the draft so far. We'll step aside real quick, come back, and try and figure out hey, maybe who's the next Wisconsin product to come off the board. It's after this in Packers Draft Central. It's Packers Draft Central on 620 WTMJ. Greg Matzik, Wayne Larvey, Jeff Falconio, a little bit of a cold Chinese food. Ashton producing. He's been here for like three days straight. He's on no sleep. And uh, the first round is over. The Packers will be on the clock. I guess technically they are on the clock right now. They own the top pick in the second round. That begins tomorrow night about 6 o'clock. So the Packers executing a trade with the Cleveland Browns, moving down from 29 to 33. Yes, they did pass on the opportunity to select T.J. Watt and Reuben Foster, the inside linebacker from Alabama, instead opting to trade down a few picks. And they, uh, in the process, picked up the top pick in the fourth round. So uh, they've added a little bit to the pool, but moved down a couple of slots to do it and uh, decided to pass on, on a, sta- a state product. Who might be the next state product off the board? Something we'll get into coming up after the news. you got a few names out here. Vince Beagle, Corey Clement, the running back from Wisconsin. Uh, some decent talent out here. And I want to dive maybe a little bit further into that running back pool. Uh, who might be the best mid-round guy for the Packers to pick up and you know, maybe say no to a guy like Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon here in the second round? Plenty more to come to in the final half hour of Packers Draft Central. Packers Draft Central continues on WTMJ. Half hour left in the program. Appreciate you joining us tonight. Greg Matzik, Wayne Larravee, and Jeff Falconio. Packers without a selection tonight. They trade down from 29 to 33. They are on the clock with pick number 33 tomorrow. It is the first pick in the second round. And uh, we've talked a lot about the draft board here, but uh, once we get a little further in, maybe third, fourth round here, Jeff, who might be the next Wisconsin Badger to come off the board as we saw two and T.J. Watt and Ryan Ramchick come off the board in the first round. It'll be Vince Beagle, uh, and I think he'll go He'll go probably Saturday. I don't know that he'll go late third round uh, tomorrow night, but uh, he is a guy that, uh, you know, is... I don't know if you can call him under the radar. I mean, if you if you watch college football, I mean, you know about those Wisconsin linebackers. But, I mean, a lot like Watt, you know, I mean, he's just a high-productive player, um, and I think he's, he's going to make some team very happy because you know, these guys, I mean, they all compete, you know, especially on the defensive side. And we've seen this for a number of years, and it seems like Beagle's going to be the next in a long line of, of Badgers defenders. Uh, who really compete in the NFL. Well, if he goes in the fourth round, isn't that prime picking for Ted? Isn't that what he does in the fourth round? He selects linebackers? Blake Ryan, Blake Martinez, right? Done that the last two years, yes, uh, if if that evidence leads you to that conclusion. (laughs) Um, I I just got to tell you, I was telling uh, the guys here off the air, David Marinus, who's a Wisconsin guy, um, he's, he's a great author. He wrote the book on Lombardi. Um, when pride still mattered, I wrote the the definitive book on Bill Clinton, and uh, just a tremendous writer. Uh, he he's a big big time Packers fan, so he writes. I just spent three hours of life waiting for the Packers not to make a pick. <laughs> all I can say to you, David, you're not going to get that life three hours back at all. <laughs> well, now it used to be right when, when the draft was more of a, a weekend kind of deal. You could all right, well they traded down, and and right now we'd already have the Packers selection, right? But now that you ended after round one, you just got to sit there and stew on it for a bunch of hours. Yeah, when it was a Saturday afternoon, right? Yeah. You do a little yard work. You come back. You'd have the second round. Remember you had the first three rounds on yeah. Saturday, yeah. and then rounds four through seven. Now, those were some marathon days. <laughs> I, I, I was, you know, when when they made the switch here, I thought, boy, three days really spreads it out. But you know. 
Uh, three hours is okay to waste. You know, it's it's a yeah. I didn't it's mind a Francis it. Ford Coppola movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Those were you great know. days, man. Go out and shoot some hoops, come back in, pound some ecto cooler, and have a French dip. Go. That was my day. <laughs> yeah. And watch it to see who the Packers yeah. picked up in the draft. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Uh, it, it's been interesting, though. And I felt uh, if we look at the division here, Wayne, you know, the Vikings did not have a pick today mm-hmm. because of that Sam Bradford trade from last season. Uh, the Lions did have a selection today, just one. It was pick number 21, Gerard Davis, inside linebacker from Florida. Certainly a need for Detroit and uh, a speed kind of inside linebacker, but right. seems to be a good fit for them. I, but the move that I'm still kind of scratching my head over here is is the Bears. And to me, it looks like a Cleveland Browns kind of move, right? And they went up from number three mm-hmm. to number two, yeah. traded a whole host of picks, to get a quarterback they probably could have drafted at number three. Well, yeah, I mean, depending on what San Francisco is planning on doing, but a lot of you know people pointed to San Francisco taking Solomon Thomas with a second pick in the draft anyway. He's the great defensive end out of Stanford. Great fit for them, kind of like T.J. might have been in Green Bay. But, um, you know, here's the thing. You know, the Bears trade up, and you're right. If they really liked Trubisky, they probably could have gotten him at number three unless – John Lynch uh, duped the the Bears brass into thinking, well, we're going to take Trubisky. And so if you want him, come get him. And they did. Uh, They gave up their first-round pick this year, a third- and fourth-round pick this year, and next year's third-round pick all goes to San Francisco for moving up one spot in the draft. He he better be good, right? That's a lot Mm. to give up for a team that... Needs all the help they can get. Right? That's a yeah. lot to give up. And you know there was there were a lot of indications coming into this evening that that the 49ers were not going to take the quarterback yeah. with that second pick. There's probably going to be Thomas the whole way. So yeah, how much of it was John Lynch calling Chicago and, and you know and saying hey we may we're going to take Trubisky or how much of it was was there a bidding war between Cleveland and Chicago or somebody else and Chicago and John Lynch played it absolutely perfectly either way. Yeah, yeah. I mean to move up one spot. It's it's head scratching. It really is. So you know there had to be something going on behind the scenes, but there's no question the 49ers become big winners. And, and now you know with the Bears, it's uh, Greg, as you pointed out. I mean they need a lot of help. Um, you know because they've had some losses here in the off season personnel wise. Uh, of course they weren't that good to begin with, but they did show flashes uh, of, of some decent talent um, here and there. We saw it twice um, last season. So they bring in Mike Lennon. Uh, it appears that that what uh, Chicago's doing, the same thing Kansas City is doing, groom your guy in for a year and have him take over in 2018. Wow, I, that that's a lot uh, to me. That's a lot. I, I thought the Bears had a chance to to get one of the better defensive players oh, yeah. on the board and really start building mm-hmm. a strong defense. They already have some pieces in place there. Uh, again, they don't have Alshon Jeffrey, so you know who's the quarterback going to even throw to? Uh, so I, this was a head scratcher to me. Uh, now I'll be very curious to see. If the Packers hold on to pick number 33, Ian Rappaport saying teams already interested in that pick, currently owned by the Packers, and of course there's plenty of talent available as we've discussed, but as Ted Thompson said in his press conference there, we're taking calls, right? And they always do, but nonetheless, you wonder if he moves down just two or three more spots. It's certainly possible, it likens back to the Eddie Lacy deal. right? They had Eddie Lacy and Monty Ball sitting right in front of them. I think they liked them both. And ultimately, they traded down, still were able to get Lacey. Ball went off the board, too, to Denver. Of course, that didn't turn out terribly well. But they got their guy. And uh, you just you have to wonder, if their guy's still sitting there, can they you know, try and finagle another fourth or fifth round pick out of a, out of moving? Well, you know, Greg, I think they've probably got a bullpen of, of five, six, seven guys they would like to take 
at that pick, you know. Um, and you're right. If they feel like they can get one of those guys by moving down four or five spots and picking up an extra pick, maybe a third, maybe another fourth, but I would hope it would be a third if they're going to trade out of that pick in the second round. Uh, you know, yeah. Then uh, you, you're multiplying your picks, and you, you've got more swings at the plate, as Ted likes to say. Uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but they have the first pick here on the second day of the draft, and at the moment they have the first pick, if I'm not mistaken, on the third day of the draft. So there's a lot of things you can do with those two picks, and and you're right, Greg, the scenarios of teams maybe moving up because they like a player, and let's move up to that pick, and... You know, there's there's a lot of things that will happen between now and when the draft resumes tomorrow night. It is interesting because you know, it's been a lot of discussion about you know Ted's last five years and who he has selected, and a lot of times we talk about why the first rounders. It's just really been spotty, but boy, he sure seems to find a lot of talent from the second round on. Well, here you go. Now you're in the second round. You don't really have to worry about that first round pick. So there you go. Uh, we'll see if the Packers hold on to pick number 33. Back with more of your thoughts uh, on the program coming up right after this on WTMJ. Packers Draft Central continues on WTMJ. I'm Greg Matzik, voice of the Packers Wayne Larvey and Jeff Alconio joining us in our Packers Draft Day studios. No pick for the Packers today. They own the first pick in the second round. In fact, the Packers have three picks tomorrow at least as of now we'll see if they do any wheeling and dealing here jeff but as part of that trade with the browns they also pick up the first pick in the fourth round and it it, it seems like those middle rounds especially in the offensive line ted thompson has really done a fine job over the years a lot of times we end up questioning that first round pick and i think deservedly so i mean it's not been you know lights out here over the last several years if you're going to be draft and develop you'd like to see a little bit better success rate here i think with that first round pick but uh, you, you look at the list, right? He's done some great work in those mid-rounds over the years. Well, I think from rounds two through five, I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, you know, look back at the last five, six years even, um, you know, he, he has found some real talent there. And, again, it, it goes back to a, a theme that we were talking about earlier, that, you know, for, for as much as everyone wants to put that emphasis on the first-round pick, there's plenty of talent that's available um, starting with day two and, and, and carrying on into day three. And, you know, you, you definitely want that guy that everyone knows you want that All-American, uh, but it's it's the players in those in those other rounds. Um, you know, as we talked about, depth is so important. You got to have the Super Bowl depth. Some of it is you got to be healthy, right? I mean, the New England Patriots, if I if I recall, were the healthiest team in the NFL, and Atlanta was very healthy uh, as well. But every team is going to have those injuries. I mean, the Patriots didn't have Rob Gronkowski. Uh, the Falcons are missing a couple of pieces on defense. Uh, they were missing the their NFC best cornerback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trufant, and uh, they were missing one of their defensive linemen, Adrian Claiborne. And they get to the Super Bowl. Um, and, of course, the, the ironic thing is their defense crapped out on them in the second half. But nevertheless, you need to have the depth. And for as, for as great as it is to get that home run, to get that, that, that perfect fit, to get that Aaron Rodgers, it's, it's, in those, it's starting with the second round and going all the way through the fifth round and even in, into the last couple of rounds. That's where you get the guys who are going to contribute. You don't know how. Maybe special teams, maybe filling in for an injured starter. But those picks are what help you get to the Super Bowl. And you know the Packers do a heck of a job after the draft with those college free agents, you know, where everybody can get anyone, and you're just recruiting these guys and you're trying to bring them in. The Packers have a tremendous track record in that regard when you consider Tremont Williams, Sam Shields, and now lately Kentrell Bryce is considered a Mm -hmm. really solid up-and-coming prospect at safety. None of those guys are drafted. 
this will be interesting to watch from here on out because I, I know some people are frustrated, and I'm getting some Twitter messages and whatnot, and even on our text line, well, you, you wanted to see a pick, wanted to see T.J. Watt. Okay, that's fine. Well, let's see who they select first, mm-hmm. and, and then let's kind of figure it out from there. And then, oh, by the way, let's see a couple of years on the field before we start grading the, the NFL drafts here. But when you have as many holes as the Packers have, and let's be honest here, guys, the Packers are still a team that will be in the Super Bowl discussion because of their elite quarterback and because this offense can prop this team up on its shoulders and take it places. Now, eventually, they made enough mistakes against the Atlanta Falcons where the defense was not going to bail them out. At no point in the season was the defense going to bail the Packers out. With that many holes... It seems to me that you want to get more bullets in the chamber, right? So you do a little bit of shuffling here, and now you've got three or four picks, I should say, in the top 108. How many of those can turn into starters tomorrow, maybe a year down the road? I don't know, but obviously lack of speed, holes that we've talked about here in the secondary and getting to the quarterback, now's a good time to do it, right? Now's a better time than any because you want to have that balance where it's not all the offense and the defense just hanging on by a thread. No, I mean, the difference between the Packers now and the Packers of 2009 when they led the league in defense and in 2010 when they won the Super Bowl, uh, the difference has been the defense has not been as good as it was in those two years I just mentioned under Dom Capers' first two years. And there's a myriad of, of reasons for that, but some of it's talent, some of it's people they've lost, that type of thing. Uh, but you're right, Greg. I, I think what they have to upgrade in this defense more than anything else, number one, is speed. And that's why if you're thinking cornerback, look at the guys who have some size to them and yet can still run in the four fours. That's really what you need to do to upgrade that speed in the secondary. Next, you need to uh, look at you know depth in different areas, but also I think you're going to have to probably hit a home run somewhere along the line, an outside linebacker. You're going to want to get a running back in this draft, and you're going to draft a couple of offensive linemen. There's just no question, but they always do, and they're going to draft some offensive linemen who will figure in uh, as this season goes along. Well, and that's... That's your mid-round, right? I mean, and that's what makes me think that Forrest Lamp, even though he's the best-rated offensive lineman on the board right now, I just don't see that. I don't see that tomorrow, Jeff, for the Packers in round number two because of the other needs that we've talked well, about on I, defense. I think I think prior to to getting Evans this week, I think he would have been a pretty good fit um, because you, you you again you you got to look at quality and you got to look at quantity as well. I think you got to look at the depth of the offensive line. But you're right. Now that you've got your your five starters in place going into training camp. You can look for that depth. You can look for that quantity as you get a little bit later in the draft. And I want to say this about the defense. Uh, you know, what, no matter what happens tomorrow, and we're assuming that at some point in the second round they're going to take a defensive player, uh, probably a cornerback, that guy alone isn't going to be the difference. That guy alone isn't going to get you into the very, top five or the top point. ten. It's a collective effort. It's You're going to need your edge guys if it's Nick Perry, if it's uh, Clay Matthews, you know, if it's Kyler Fackrell, whoever it's going to be, whatever that mix is going to be, those guys have got to be healthy. They've got to be productive. Your inside linebackers have to stay healthy. You know, you're going to need your safeties to make plays. You're going to need the rest of your cornerbacks to stay healthy and make plays as well. It is absolutely going to be a collective effort because in the 2009-2010 years, they had stars at every level. I don't know if the Packers are there yet, but, you know, they may not get to number one. They may not need to. Look back to 2015. Look at their defense there. Their defense played well enough that they were able to get a coin toss away from going to the NFC Championship game despite your elite quarterback not playing at an elite level. That's where you need your defense to play. Because if their defense can play like they did in 2015, and if Aaron Rodgers plays like he did 
in the second half of 2016, you've got a dangerous combination. You know, I, I think, Greg, the point you make is, is really good um, that Jeff was talking about. You know, the, the improvement is going to come from the second, third-year guys and from a veteran like Clay Matthews who, let's say he's healthy, if Clay Matthews is healthy, I still think he's a heck of a football player and he's going to have a big year. Nick Perry has to continue uh, his improvement as he did a year ago. He became, before the uh, injury, he was kind of on a Pro Bowl type level. Um, on the defensive line, Kenny Clark, can he become the player that he's projected to be? And that usually happens in the second year. And now we talk about the cornerbacks we mentioned earlier tonight that they have on the roster. You know, Rollins and Randall. Uh, third year for them. They were banged up and injured last year. Okay, now healthy, clean slate. Now these guys have to become players. That's where the defense will get better. Now you'll add an edge rusher probably that will play some. You'll add a rookie cornerback that will come in and maybe give them a different look. But uh, I think it's those guys you have on the roster now that have to improve from last year to the next year uh, that are going to make the biggest difference on this team. Yeah, base is, is the nickel, right? I mean, that's, right. today's base in the NFL is the nickel. So you're going to have three defensive backs with three corners on the field. Uh, more often than not, it's just kind of how the Packers play. But it, very reasonable to think if the Packers select a corner tomorrow mm-hmm. with pick number 33, it's not unreasonable to think that Devon House is on one side, new corners on the other, and maybe one of the guys you're talking about could be Gunter, could be Randall or Rollins, is one of your slot guys. I like that a lot better than Randall or Rollins being on your bookends on the outside right now because of the reasons we talked about. They've got to earn that right to get back into that that mix, which they'll have every opportunity to do. But if they're not number ones and number twos, I'm more comfortable with that today. We'll see how they can progress. I think the ceiling on Demarius Randall is is pretty good, um, more so than Rollins. I think Rollins is your slot cover corner. Uh, Randall, the, the thing about him, it's consistency. It's week-to-week consistency. Can he play at a high level? We've seen him play at a high level, Greg, but we have not seen it consistently, and that's the real challenge there. And you're right. Hey, a rookie could come in and start at cornerback for this team. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I do agree with you. The nickel is... Uh, the new starting lineup. It's it's not the three four defense necessarily, and the other thing is with safeties. Uh, Morgan Burnett's going to play a lot inside, so uh, it's not going to be just Blake and Jake um, inside linebacker. Clay's going to play in there. Morgan Burnett's going to play on the second level a lot in this defense. And you got Joe Thomas as well as part of that mix. We'll come back and wrap up the program with some final thoughts after this on WTMJ. Traffic of our Packers Draft Central program on WTMJ. Make sure to visit WTMJ.com or check it out on the mobile site. Just uh, all of our draft coverage throughout the weekend. Uh, Jeff, before we wrap things up here, uh, any big surprises to you here in round number one? Well, probably the the, the Bears trade uh, I think was definitely a big surprise. Uh, I think um, the amount of offensive talent that we saw in the top 12 picks, it seemed like it was going to be really defensive-heavy. First round and defensive heavy first half of the first round, and that wasn't the case. And that, that to me, was the most surprising. We saw a lot of wheeling and dealing in those first 12 picks. Absolutely. Not surprising that the Packers traded down. Wayne, gut feeling? Do they do it again? No, you know, they could. 
Um, I'm sure their bullpen is filled, flush with players. They've probably got six, seven guys that they could uh, be happy with early in the second round. And if somebody wants to trade up and get that first pick in the second round, they might do something like that. Otherwise, they could stay with that pick and, and get going with three picks on Friday night. Six picks on Saturday is where it stands right now. There's plenty of ammunition here for Ted Thompson to uh, to uh, fill this roster with some good players. It's a pretty deep draft, and it seems to be deep at the positions the Packers are in, in need of the most help, which I think is a nice marriage here. So we'll see how it shapes up tomorrow night. The draft begins at 6 o'clock tomorrow, Central Time. Packers own that first pick, at least as of now they do. They also own the 29th pick in the second round. So two picks, as Wayne mentioned, in the second round and one in the third. We could be looking at three picks for the Packers, or who knows, four? I don't know. There'll be some moving going on tomorrow. We'll see what Ted Thompson has up his sleeve. Appreciate your time tonight and all the phone calls and tweets and messages coming in. You've been listening to Packers Draft Central on 620 WTMJ.